seem confident. Swords will overwhelm you. Now you seem overconfident. Hello and welcome to another episode of Hello Governor the Podcast. I'm Abdullah, and with me today is uh, our third Mortal Kombat related guest. We've had uh, Frost on the show and we had Liu Kang on the show, but now we have Jade. Hello. Hello, guys. And girls. <laughs> um, Mela Lee, everybody, and you might know her from Apex Legends as well, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that the that little small indie game Apex Legends that came out of nowhere, yeah. and, and and no one no one expected that game to be a hit. By the way, like it just came out one day, and then it just like it it, it just blew blew everyone's minds away. Definitely on both sides, on both sides. Um, I know when I was working on it, I was really excited to be working with the the cats at Respawn and the writers, directors, programmers. It was they, everybody was in the room, so it was very much a collaboration. And um, pulling from my father's, you know, background, we were talking about different things. I'd be calling my nana, you know, asking her how she would say something. Um, so it was very enjoyable. Um, at the time that we started, we didn't know if it was going to be Titanfall three or. You know, they, they, they were sort of moving things about. And in one of the last sessions, they explained that it was going to be more Battle Royale um, and that it was going to come out like September 2018, but that it was testing. And they said, well, we're going to push it back to January 2019. And the date they had given us came and went. So I thought, oh, no, is this game getting shelved? Because that happens sometimes. And, I mean, I loved the game. I loved working with them. But I was like, well... You know, just like my counterparts in film, sometimes you spend all this time working on a film and, and it kind of is dead on arrival or it doesn't get released um, for one reason or another. So I spent this week thinking that it wasn't going to come out at all because they don't tell us. Um, they had mentioned, I think, in October when I did pickups in 2018, they said, uh, I don't think we're really going to do much of a launch. Uh, it's going to be like a surprise launch maybe one day. And, and uh, you know, if it hits, that'll be great. When you say that to an actor, I didn't know, but I thought maybe it was code for, this game's not going to do very well. <laughs> don't get your hopes up. And I was a little disappointed, but really grateful for the experience. And um, so January 22nd came and went. I sort of thought, well, you know, I heard some rumors Titanfall 3 might come out in the fall um, of 2019. And I thought maybe that meant our thing got pushed back again. And mind you, we work on these for like a year or two. So another year pushed back would be like three years from the beginning of the project. And uh, at one o'clock on February 4th, I think it was, I got a, an email from the casting director. She said, um, we think, you know, it came out today. If you want to tweet about it, um, we'd appreciate it. So I just went on Twitter to see if, if Respawn had an official thing for me to retweet. But all of a sudden, as I went onto social media, I saw that I was definitely not the only one interested in the game. By that afternoon, it was like a million players. Um, you know, a few days later, it was at Town Moon. And I think we were all just like we'd won the lottery, screaming. And that week, I don't know if people know, it was the, the team at Respawn volunteered. They were staying online like 24 hours a day trying to answer the Reddit, um, you know, posts and, and, and interacting with fans and, and being present to what was happening. It was very overwhelming for everybody in a good way. 
Um, but shout out to all my fam at Respawn. Um, they're amazing and they deserve your support. And they're so personally involved in, in the creation of every single character. Um, and I'm just, it could have happened to a better crew. I mean, it just because it came out of nowhere, and especially especially considering like with the battle royale genre being what it is now, and everyone's like, "Oh, another one," but <laughs> you know, it, what what works <laughs> works, you know. You know, you can't really oh. you can't really complain about that. Oh, there's, it's exciting to see what they're working on behind the scenes too. It's breathtaking, and it's like Christmas every time they call and they talk to us. And it's and it's a really interesting game as well because you know uh, you know because most of these games have to be character driven and and the characters have to you know grab you and if they don't then there's no really uh, there's no really a point for it because you know you you ain't there for the story. <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember you know when we first were were working on Lifeline. I mean, even though it's mirroring mirroring the Indo-Asian, like African diaspora caused by colonization here on Earth, it's not here. Um, we're like hundreds of years in the future in the Titanfall universe, and um, I think they were really clear on creating um, that that where she was from, or kind of what would sound like she was from, was important for her character in, information. But they wanted her to be more than a, an accent or a dialect uh, or a trope. Um, and so it was really beautiful to create, you know, her personality that she's often listening to music, and you know that she's. You know, my background being Pacific Islander, Creole, Ethiopian, Welsh, and, and via Trinidad through my grandmother, um, it was interesting to pull from her musicality. And, and she Lifeline looks just like my Nana back in the day. So um, it was a beautiful thing to make it so personal and and to put what I had to give but also work you know closely with the writers because I didn't write the dialogue, of course. Um, but they, they pulled from Trinidad culture and some of the Jamaican Patois, um, knowing that, you know, even 500 years in the future, probably Jamaican Patois is most familiar here on Earth, and that would be like a nod to even how prolific um, their influence on, on pop culture and, and culture in general worldwide and obviously in the Titanfall universe. And, and then and that's where the slippery slope comes in because you kind of want them to be an actual character, not just a trope, not just a token right. character. Right. They were real clear. And, and, you know, I think also understanding the Battle Royale that, you know, at first it would be – it was much – um, thicker accent. They're like, could you dial that back? And and one of the reasons is because in in the speed of the gameplay, um, you have to still be able to understand what we're saying. And so it it's a character. Um, there's a culture attached to it, and then it becomes its own thing in the Titanfall universe. Um, and then you have to add the technicality of speaking really quickly, delivery. Um, that in a perfect world, and I remember they're saying this, in a perfect world, 50 to 100 million people would be playing this game, and they're all not English speakers. So how do we create this three-dimensional character but have it be communicative and, and connecting to peoples worldwide? It was a lot more technical than I, I expected. It was my first major game. Um, and so I was, I was pretty excited to be working on it and to learn what it took to bring a character to life. 
I mean, that's how much uh, video games have changed now. Like, when you go into the booth, like, I've talked to a lot of people. Like, when, when you go into the booth now, the riders are there with you. Like, they, mm-hmm. you're there to bring their vision to life. And I think that's great because, you know, riders don't really get appreciated in, in uh, oh, the man. industry. Well, I mean, riders, you know, you've got your riders guild for the, the film industry and, and, and how sacred that is. But, you know, film, not to belittle the art form at all, but it's two to three hours of content and I remember even getting the scripts ahead of time which is rare you don't always get that but I got scripts ahead of time for Mortal Kombat and a film script is maybe 100 pages and I got 386 pages because we had all these different universes and outcomes it was such a rich story and you know same thing with Apex Legends I didn't get the script ahead of time but these writers are writing not only hundreds and hundreds of lines but thinking in a perfect world, they're already thinking 10 years into the future, a minimum one or two into ideas and depth of characters so that they're thinking, how do we keep making seasons, right? So four or five seasons a year and a TV show has one season every two years sometimes. So the writers are, they're like superheroes. I mean, they're the ones behind the scenes, uh, you know, who have to come up with the stuff, and they have to they have to sit there and think how 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 do we move the story forward, and how does this make sense, and mm-hmm. and, and uh, yeah. Well, and we sign NDA, so we know about our character. But while we're doing it, I didn't know about anyone else's character. So it's very much a director's medium and a writer's medium because they know the world. And so they're describing what they can to you, and you're bringing your character life. But the day that the game came out, Apex Legends, it was the first time I knew about all the other legends. I hadn't seen anybody else, known anyone else. So it was it was really exciting for us, too. All of us were like, oh, my gosh, this character is so great, and and going through the tutorials and, and you know, trying out different legends. Um, we were just like eight-year-old kids as well, you know, on, on a holiday. It was, like, it was our birthday. <laughs> it was my birthday present. <laughs> Especially, like, the opening tutorial. Like, I mean, like, once you see the the other characters all together in one setting, it kind of feels like a fever dream. Like, there's, right? there's a lot of... Like, they're very, they're very Steve Ditko-esque characters. By that, I mean, like, they're characters that only would exist from a dream. Like, mm. yeah, yeah, he always had that very dream-esque vibe about his characters that's such a great observation um i appreciate that i think yes yes and yes um again i'm such a fan of writers and we're seeing this genre really come into its own um as far as story driven and character driven um narrations I mean, because you have like a robot and then you have like you know bloodhound who has this whole um like there's this uh, who, who's who's nordic and then there's a really great reference to to odin because he has mm-hmm. he, i mean they have the the ravens with them like and then and, and if you know and if you know your north norse mythology um odin I, had, yeah. his, had his two ravens with them as well uh, so. it was wonderful to go to respond signing ndas but you know one of the things i can say is one of the writers i mean the the, the of history and mythology that he, that they studied to bring some depth to that character and then to expand it and obviously into that Titanfall world was really beautiful. And you have like, you know, Octane who was just insane. And, you know. <laughs> we definitely have a history, he and I. <laughs> 
I mean, I just, I just love the fact that that a character like that can even exist and and not feel out of place in in a universe with robots and and whatever the hell else is in this universe. Really powerful. I, I work with um, the California Fire Foundation, which um, assists wounded firefighters and fallen firefighters and their families. Uh, I work with Wounded Warrior and and their response to this game. You know, just to re- be be included in in the diversity and the strength and the representation. Uh, what's possible, uh, not just for the human body, but the human spirit. Uh, I think Octane was was a pretty powerful representation of that, um, and it's wonderful to to be a part of their their lives and their transition. Um, and and also Mortal Kombat fans. I mean, uh, these firefighters and wounded warriors. I I look to them as heroes, but I'm, I'm very humbled when I find out you know how much the gaming experience means to them when they're unwinding and and trying to let go of the stress of the day. And you know, speaking of Mortal Kombat, how did that how did that come up? How did that come about? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, uh, fangirl, fangirl, fangirl. Um, well, actually, uh, I wasn't able to get into my agency that day to do an audition, but it was for Guard A. So um, I don't know if people know, but when you're auditioning, a lot of times you absolutely don't know what you're auditioning for. They 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 really hide things. They only have a few lines, and and so I had about eight auditions that day. I recorded it in my closet at home and um they said guard a and she's she's a fierce female warrior um she has a regality to her and and i was you know settling in and she reminds me a lot of my mom and this this strength and and so then i said you seem confident now you seem overconfident you shall not pass and it was kind of like there's were four lines and i thought that's good let's move on and probably the next audition was like a bunny rabbit or you know and you're just talking like this and so you do all these auditions and you know sometimes months can go by you don't really remember what you've auditioned for and so a few months went by and they said well uh it's a big warner brothers game we, we still have an nda so we, we don't know what it is you have to sign all this paperwork before they tell you, but you are guard A. And I mean, I knew it was a big game and I thought I'll be happy to be a small character in a, in a beautiful Warner Brothers game. I'm so excited. That was kind of where it sat. And I drove onto the lot and there's this big water tower, which is the kind of thing here in LA. Like uh, Sony has one, um, Paramount Pictures and Warner Brothers have these big water towers. And I got to park, you know, right in front and they valeted the car. And I was like, wow, I feel like such a star. And then you sign all this paperwork and then they say, well, um, you know, I'm, I'm Dom and Dominic uh, Chanchiolo from, from Nether Realm. And I started going Nether Realm. <laughs> I'm like so excited. Like, these are the guys that do, you know, uh, I, I was just, uh, uh, and they're like, yeah. And so, um, you're Jade and we'd love to show you some artwork. And, and I mean, you, you try to keep it together, but you just, I think I was just giggling. Like, what? <laughs> and I was talking about my inner eight-year-old boy, because that's, you know, that's what I tap into when it comes to gaming. And I could not believe um, that I was uh, friends with Richard Epcar and, 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 and Steve Bloom. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I can't believe I get to be in this this project. Um, so we dialed her in and, and, and I loved when they were showing me character designs and, and, you know, she's just this really strong female character. And for two reasons, it was overwhelming and beautiful. Um, one being I had broken my back two years before 
and had a fairly long recovery until very recently um, from several um, fractured vertebrae and, and torn a lot of muscles. Somebody was texting and they'd run a red light and hit me. So I'm in a lot of physical therapy and ima- trying to imagine myself stronger than my condition. But here I have this beautiful goddess who defies um, uh, the norm uh, of injury and kind of rises again. So she was very much this kind of angelic being that I was reaching for as I was healing. And then once I was at, uh, we were in Burbank. I have a dear friend, Erica Lindbeck, who is also in Mortal Kombat. But at this time, I didn't know. And so sometimes we can't tell each other what we're in. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I, I just got cast in this really amazing thing. She was, oh, me too, and I can't tell you. And um, and she's like, okay, I'm going to tell you, because I was really quiet about it. She's like, I'm Cassie Cage. <laughs> and I was like, what? I'm Jade. So we were just quietly giggling in the corner at a vegetarian restaurant in Burbank. Um, and we've been lucky enough to be on several projects together. And it just makes it really special um, when we got to experience being in that game together. I mean, especially, you know, considering the fact that you guys record separately when you do the dialogue. You, know, you guys, you never see anybody else when you're, doing, when you're doing the lines. Yeah, that's what's great about conventions or making appearances. You know, a lot of people assume that we're all together, but unless it's a live animation read, um, it's pretty rare. There are some gaming companies that have caught on to doing live um, reads for games because it has much more um, fluidity. It's easier for editing. Um, but right now, the norm is to be recording alone and not with your castmates. I mean, yeah, I mean, I've talked about this before where, you know, they do it to save money, but I think, you know, they, they could at least get like seven people in there to have them record their lines together at the very least. I think it's, it's starting to happen, and, and I don't know if money is, is an option at this point. We're, we're having billion-dollar grossing games, so... Um, they're creating, you know, software and headgear and face capture and motion capture um, to create more of a fluid uh, and very visceral experience, not only for the actor, but for the, the player. And yeah, I mean, Mortal Kombat 11 is the best looking Mortal Kombat game we've had ever, quite honestly. Right? <laughs> it's pretty stunning. Um, and it was exciting to, um, when I went to probably the third or fourth session, because we go in over a period of about 18 months. Um, we'll do initial lines, pickups, you know, fighting lines. But each time you go, um, they'll share some of the design, you know, work on your character. And I remember once I went in and they had the motion capture, uh, actor, actors on the screen, as well as the face capture and myself. And they were showing, you know, the, as I was speaking, I'm, I'm watching this person who is doing the face capture. They did it in Chicago. And interesting because you don't notice your your tics. Like as a voice actor, we don't look at ourselves. And so I was watching this face capture, and she was hired because we have very similar, um, our mouths move similarly when we speak and kind of curls up her, her lip when she's angry and a little bit growly. And I started looking because they, they watch us, and that's how they cast it. I was like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know I did that. But it made it perfect. I mean, yeah, and that's another thing where about the process where they usually get someone to do the the, the mocap and the face capture, and then you know that's another process they have to that they have to work on to make it look as realistic as possible. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, some actors can do all three. I know uh, my friend Victoria Atkin did face motion and performance for um, Evie Fry uh, for Assassin's Creed. And, but that's really rare. She started on camera, so I think she was unusually well-suited um, to be able to do that. 
but um, I think sometimes we'll do performance capture, which we call like where they get our faces to make it more realistic. But a lot of times the motion capture, I mean, they do wire work and, and sword play and, and gun work. And so it's a, it's a very specialized medium. And I, I look forward to, as a voice actor, I love the attention, but um, it's very much a collaboration between face motion capture and voice acting to create this three-dimensional character. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, or, or in the case of Shang Tsung, you just get the original guy and have him do everything. Oh my gosh. I just did a, an appearance with um, Carrie and, um, he is, I mean, in person, that's him. He's so regal and, and there's just this, uh, energy about him, this magic about him in person. Um, as an actor, obviously well beyond games, but, um, he was perfectly cast back then and, and very excited to see him returning. Because everyone was just like, you know, if you're going to do Shang Tsung, you, you just have to get him back because no one else has done that character justice. Right? Uh, I'm like, why wouldn't you? And we were just, and he's oh, he's so well-spoken and so ahead of his time and um, just a beautiful human. And, and, you know, I think the depth he brings also nods to what's happening in the gaming industry and um, he's a, you know, a Japanese man who was, you know, from Hawaii and lived in Mississippi. Um, and so has a, a unique point of view, you know, that he's seen different cultures. And I think he brings his point of view and his, and, and his absorption of American island and Japanese culture. Um, and that's what gives like, there's this depth to his character. And, uh, and as someone who's multicultural in my background, it's been a beautiful thing that the interactive gaming industry and storytelling has for the last 15 years um, created narratives that have us expecting to be on the battlefield side by side with people from very different cultures who look different from us. Um, but each of our skills uh, lend to a win or to victory. I think Apex Legends is a perfect example of that. Um, and you're literally meeting people from all over the world, pinging New Zealand, you know, Kuwait, Dubai, um, and having to learn to battle side by side with people from all over the world. And that's something we couldn't have done, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. And, you know. I don't think it's powerful. I think it's important. You know, we have a whole generation of, of people that are now expecting to have to figure out how to work with someone they don't know. Um, and, and that could be completely different from them, have a different accent than them, different language. And I, I think that that's important in today's, um, uh, environment and culture. Um, that, that gaming has a unique way of crossing not only cultural, but political and, and, and other lines where we still have to work together and, and we're able to. And it's important that we see that we can. I mean, especially in any team-based game, you know, if you, if you can't work as a team, then you're not going to win the match. Yeah, and, and and it may not be happening in the rest of the world, uh, but um, in America we don't have a lot uh, sometimes of, of team playing. Um, a lot of funding gets pulled from your public schools. And um, I think it's important for, for young people to be in games um, and doing the team sports. I love what eSports has done um, because it's very much a, a strategic situation, brainwave function, as well as learning that you are greater um, on a team than you are sometimes totally by yourself.
And and especially like with with pro stuff, like when you look at the pro stuff, like everyone knows what their role is and and how they right and how they do it. And it's really amazing because it's like because <laughs> I can't do that. I sure as hell can't do that. But you know these guys, you know they know the ins and outs of every character, every character they play. They know the ins and outs of 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 them, and and it's just amazing, like what 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 they can do. Yeah, I'm a Team Liquid fan, but I'm sure we've got all kinds. I'm, I'll learn to love everybody, but I do watch um, that team play and uh, I think that where it's important not only that they're great at playing but that the the game manufacturers and programmers and writers are creating these depths of characters um, with different skills and um, who knew I wouldn't 15 years ago when I was in school that we would be in a world that is so complex and dimensional when it comes to professional esports and playing. I mean, especially, like, with the fighting games, because with fighting games, you kind of... Like, I, I didn't even know, like, before I even got into fighting games, I didn't even know, even know about stuff like punishing and, you know, parrying <laughs> and, and all that stuff and all the lingo that came with it. But, right. But, you know, once you really get into it and learn the basics and, and go, oh, oh, it, be- I... it becomes really fun, like, figuring out, like, who works, you know, the different types of matchups and, and which, which character has the best, you know, uh, parry move and and which which one has the best offense which one has the best defense and and can you do this with this character mm-hmm. can you do this can you do a tournament build with a character <laughs> <laughs> no. well and i mean i love my job uh you know 12 years ago i was a bank analyst um for a wall street mortgage firm and that was my first job really out of school and i was a math and chemistry geek and you, I didn't know that I'd be in voiceover and I certainly didn't know that my job could be something that would turn into something like that where you can hear your voice or, or something that you're involved in becomes tournament play. I mean, if you're going to be a banker, it's like you never, there's no, there's no dream that you're going to be like some banking sports legend. Like it doesn't happen. So to enjoy this journey of becoming a voiceover artist, especially at a higher level, and then to see it be a support um, mechanism for something like esports is, it's stunning to just, it's, it's enthralling. Um, but again, the eight year old kid in me is like, what has happened? They didn't tell me I could get to do this in school. <laughs> I mean, stay in school, but by all means, um, if I can say anything to anyone that's listening, is just make sure you are passionate about what you do. Life is too short, and any skill. Um, if your if your passion is gaming, I mean, there's accountants at gaming communities and, and companies. So whatever it is, just make sure you're surrounding yourself with something that inspires and just gets you out of bed every day. Yeah. <laughs> Especially, especially with, with today's uh, climate, yeah. where it's easy not to, you know, get up and get bogged down with all that's going on. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I still, it's funny when I go to work, especially because both Respawn and, and Mortal Kombat, those, those are recorded, you know, at Warner Brothers. And so, um, you, I'm driving onto the lot a lot when I, when I'm working for those companies, but it never gets old. Like, it's like pinch me. I get to do this for a living. Like, 
And I know I, I think some of it is talent, but some of it's definitely the luck of the draw of being able to be in the right place at the right time, living in Los Angeles, you know, or Vancouver, New York, um, which are, are big places for voiceover. But, you know, saying that, um, I've recently gone into a studio and been patched in uh, to do work with companies from London and, and in Australia. And so I don't know if I've seen that as much in regular voiceover, but in gaming, the collaboration um, worldwide on a game is pretty extensive. And so I think it's opening up the opportunities for us to have uh, more work for voice actors or aspiring voice actors pretty much anywhere in the world. And that's what's great about it. It's like, you know, once you, you know, impress someone, you impress someone. Like (laughs) once they ask for you by name, they ask for you by name. You know, like they're not, they're not going to be looking for anyone else if they ask for you by name. So it's like, I don't, you know, doesn't matter if the project is, is, is over overseas or wherever. We want this person for this role. This role was created for that person and we don't want anyone else for that role. How beautiful is that? And I mean, before it just would have been smaller communities, but you know, with the advent of, of you know, I don't want to say internet because it's been around for a while, but it's just made the world a lot closer. I think there would have been a time when you've been like, I want this person, you know, in my project, but how would I get in touch with them? But social media makes it very easy. Um, obviously, most of my work comes through my agents, but if someone were, you know, trying to reach me, there I am on Instagram or Twitter. Um, there's kind of a, a way to really interact with fans and other creators that, that maybe wasn't available before. Well, yeah, I mean, the internet is made. I, I mean, I, I'll say this as someone right now. I, I like, I, I still looking back at all, at all the people I've had on the on, on the podcast this year alone. I'm like, wait a minute, I did that. What? <laughs> what? That's amazing. You know, um, my uh, my beloved, um, he was touring and he went to um, Oman and Dubai and he's been in Iran and. And at a time when that just didn't happen. And so it's kind of like this gold medal he's been, you know, holding over me because he's been all over the world um, as a musician. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be talking to I, And you're Kuwait, right? Yeah, Kuwait. Adult? Yeah. And he was like, I've never been there. <laughs> so now he's, he's like, no, he's like, wait a minute, because he's always talking. And I was like, well, you know, 10 years ago, especially as a woman, um, I wouldn't be traveling to Dubai and Oman just hanging out as much because I don't know the culture. And um, it's a beautiful thing to be able to, you know, talk to friends in Saudi Arabia. I've never spoken to anyone from Kuwait. Um, This is my first time. And uh, so I feel like my job has allowed me to, to connect. Again, it's a perfect example. And find out how easy it is for us to communicate and um, how alike we are when we, you know, all uh, connect through this beautiful medium of interactive gaming. Man, that I mean, because that's me. Like, I, I'm the, I'm that weird guy who, you know, when, whenever I play any video game, I'm like, okay, who did the voice of this guy? Who did the voice of this person? And, right. And then I look up and I'm like, oh, so-and-so did this. That's pretty cool. Um, And so, I mean, here we are talking live on podcasts. I'm <laughs> pretending like nobody else is listening. So how... <laughs> How did you decide to reach out to me? What was what was your um, you know? Oh, I've got to talk to her. Um, was it something that you'd been following me earlier, or was it Apex Legends and Mortal? Um, oh, Mortal Kombat. How Com- did I Mortal Kombat? Because <laughs> because I, I I was shocked at how well you did at how well at how similar your Jade sounded to the previous actress they had for Nine. Mm. And you both have the last name Lee, by the way. So. I saw that. I was like, that is. It's a thing. Now it's going to be a prerequisite, um, you know, 
27 years from now when I don't do Jade, uh, Dom, if you're listening, I want to keep doing this beautiful character. Um, uh, you, you may get another Lee, <laughs> but right now I, I would love to continue, um, you know, voicing this character, obviously. It was beautiful to see her have a storyline and um, Phil Lamar is a friend and uh, I was so excited that we got to finally be in a game together and, and actually have quite the, <laughs> the the love story. Yeah, that I, that actually kind of came out of nowhere because it's like, oh, right? I, I did not know Kotal and Jade felt that way about each other. <laughs> well, I didn't either. And it was actually that scene was one of the first things that we recorded. So I'm still feeling kind of like giggling inside i mean trying to be all cool because you know um you're like yeah yeah of course i'm jade but inside the screaming and then i felt like a 14 year old girl and then they're like okay and here's the scene and and you know this is you and kodal and you're like <laughs> so you know why aren't you married and 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 then to, to kind of have them read it they're just kind of reading, you know, the, the writer will read to you, but it's sort of like a cold read just to give you an idea. But the first time I heard the scene and saw the full cut scene, you know, with Phil's voice, I was just like, oh, wow, that's so cool. Like this, it, it gave such a depth, I think, to, to Jade that wasn't there before. Because my, my problem with Jade as a character is that she doesn't really have one because she's just yeah. basically Katana's sidekick. That's it. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, I, I do think in, in, in MK11, they've given her a little bit more than that and um so hopefully we'll see more hopefully we'll see more and that's that's what i love about like mk11 is like they actually deconstructed and reworked the lore and made it like acceptable kind of yeah in a way that's not in a way that's not stupid you know (laughs) um and now i mean this dlc announcement i mean we knew obviously before you did but couldn't talk about it what are your thoughts what do you think about this dlc what do you think First of all, let me just say, I could not contain my excitement when I found out, you know, Keith David is coming back as Spawn. I'm like, oh. Right? Oh. <laughs> they pulled out a lot of stops. Um, I was excited to, to see everybody. And when we, you know, we went in, we had to do pickups. And they're like, okay. And you, you realize who you're talking to. I was like, ooh. <laughs> so it was great um, to have that. And I... Uh, and I know that they're probably going to plan more, you know, leading up to the film coming out next year. Um, but, uh, I'm just as anxious as you guys are sometimes when they call us in to, to see what kind of magic they have for us. I mean, especially like with, with, you know, returning characters as well. Like they, you know, it's interesting to see how much they've reworked them, like with Nightwolf. I'm, I'm like, I wish this Nightwolf was in Mortal Kombat 9. He would have right? been a much oh. more interesting character. The voice, the writing, the design. It's sick. I love it. And, I'm all and, about it. But, you know, he did retain one thing. The computer can play him really well, and I can't do anything with him. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can't change everything. <laughs> no, but I really like Nightwolf, which is weird, because Nightwolf was, you know, unfortunately a character who was just just you know a stereotype like that's what he was yeah. before this so well and i think you know we have the opportunity to adjust that and you know i know um you know with jade uh, i mean i love all of the incarnations but the, there was a moment where you know you got to see her i mean god bless the sexy you know v-neck swimsuit that barely covered anything it's almost like a borat swimsuit <laughs> um kind of concept but it was nice to be able to even explore um you know different outfits 
and uh, I've been loving to see uh, the Jade cosplays and, and the different cosplays. Um, not, uh, Noob Cybot and um, I just saw recently, I wish I knew their, their handles. I feel like I need to look them up on Instagram. Holy cow, I just saw this couple and oh my gosh, their cosplays are amazing. Um, uh, now is there, um, I know in Dubai, I think they have conventions and pop culture conventions. Here's me like asking questions. I'm so new. <laughs> What's it like where you're at? Like what, you know, um, is, cause I haven't been like, uh, do you guys have cosplay out there? Like uh, we yeah, do here as and, much. And, uh, we, we actually do have conventions. Like the, the scene is like starting out and, you know, we're starting to take it more seriously and we're getting like a mm-hmm. lot of people here. And I actually met Nolan North and, and Fred Tattisher at a convention last year over here. So that was I cool. love Fred. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we did. We worked on it together, creating creature sounds. We were in Marvel Avengers together, and obviously, um, you know, other things. Uh, <laughs> clearly, <laughs> he's such a doll and so talented and and humble. And um, again, like I said, when we go to conventions, a lot of times we're meeting our co-stars at the same time you're meeting them, and so we get to fangirl, fanboy out. Yeah, I mean, because uh, I mean, we're, we're starting to do like more conventions. I mean, I I, I went to I think three or yeah three conventions last year over here and you know got to meet various different voice out voiceover people and it was insane because we usually didn't have this you know a couple of years ago but you know times are changing like you know more people look at want, the power you know more people want you know to meet these people and, and and do this type of stuff and you know do the you know the dubai convention they had you know proved to be a success so it's like well why not you know why not we you know why not can why not do more of this stuff you know there's a demand for it you know people will show up to these things so why not Mm -hmm. Uh, that's exciting I I look forward to to that and and also like I said you know with voiceover you know reaching out you know to diversify obviously a lot of it's made in America um, but I'm I'm looking forward to uh, deeper properties being exploited elsewhere new new games new franchises new stories coming from all over the world with different points of view I mean it's interesting as well you know uh, you know because because it's interesting you know uh, talking to, to to voice actors because I've said this before you know they're they're some of the most nicest down-to-earth people you'll ever you will ever talk to because there's no ego in it like there is yeah. no no ego like especially like with Nolan North I mean when I when I talk to him he's he's like such a sweet funny guy and very down-to-earth and he could have easily just been like a, a an egomaniac but no I mean he's you know he's such a he's such a grateful humble human being and I think that's something we need more in terms of actors to be quite honest oh i think it's the luxury we have as voice actors um it's very much a team environment between your engineers your directors your writers um you you're very aware in gaming hundreds and hundreds of hours of programming and design work go before you even walk in the room and so you're kind of humbled just by all the work that that was there for you to to get to, it's like a playground they've built for you to play and and i think we're lucky enough to be aware of of that we're part of a big team um it, it can be overwhelming now that voiceover and get interactive gaming and animation is becoming so huge um you know even with apex legends i i kind of freaked out like I've never been a part of anything um, that had 50 million people playing it. And then, you know, with Mortal Kombat, it, I knew once I knew I was going to be Jade, you, there's this weight of how important it is. 
and you have to breathe and let go and know that they loved your voice and, and, and how you embodied the character because you do get kind of like you have to kind of stuff the fangirl down. It's overwhelming to be aware of millions of people hearing your voice. And um, I think for many voice actors, we, we knew it was hundreds of thousands or thousands, but to start getting to that level, not just a higher level of gaming, but right now, interactive gaming is you know where it wasn't 10 years ago. We're talking about billions of players. And that's kind of overwhelming. You feel really small. You feel really grateful. And so when we meet fans, there's a, a deep, a deep sense of gratitude to be allowed to have this beautiful process, um, not only in the gaming, but to be able to connect with fans and to be able to talk to you and, and, and go all over the world and connect with new cultures because of what we do as, as a job. It's like, that's like we've won the lottery. It's amazing. And then I said this before, I think what I, what I adore about voiceover is like you guys are brought in to bring, to bring to life something we as human beings cannot even begin to imagine what, what we say, what it sounds like. Mm, just, uh, I'm, I'm like get all teary eyed here. I'm at my house talking to you. Um, I'm looking at like my, my deluxe edition, <laughs> like Scorpion, uh, from my Mortal Kombat, um, uh, limited edition and all of these things and it's like you know when you're a kid and you 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 dream of what you want for your birthday or for special occasions um but you don't always get it and you know being in this industry right now it's like i feel like i've got all these presents that i never could have even dreamed of having as a kid I mean, especially with the case of Mortal Kombat, where it was a franchise that, you know, kind of had its boom in the 90s, but kind of, right? you know, <laughs> fell into obscurity in, in the 2000s. Well, I filmed it, but ended up not posting it. But my my agent, who, uh, James Murray, who's the head of uh, the voice division over at Abrams Artist, um, I mean, super smooth guy, super nice guy, but like he's, he's a head of a major agency. And I got him um, one of the limited editions um, for GameStop and had it delivered and I filmed him opening it but it was so it was basically his childhood he had naturally and I didn't realize this until I you know signed on with the agency he has all these Mortal Kombat figurines in his office in a special case he has the original um, soundtrack from the film framed on the wall and he was so giggly and just excited <laughs> and it was so endearing. I was like, I can't post this, <laughs> but it was definitely a big deal. <laughs> and I think it just, it was wonderful to be a part of something that meant so much to so many people. Especially considering like, you know, with, you know, nine and 10 and how that those kind of, you know, didn't really bring, bring, bring back the franchise, you know, full time, right. you know, but mm -hmm. I mean, 11 kind of, you know, it, it, you know, people took notice. I mean, it's like what the highest selling game of 2019 now. So. It's beautiful. <laughs> like, and it's de well-deserved. I mean, the work they put into it, I mean, the, the graphics and meaning like the speed and everything, but just the color design and the illustrations and and the character designs are stunning, I think. I'm such a fan. And obviously a few other people in the world think so too. No, I mean, I mean especially the customization. I think that's really great because, you know, mm -hmm. no no character looks the same. Like everyone right. has, has their own version of Sub-Zero or everyone has their own version of Noob Saibot. Everyone, mm -hmm. you know, everyone is wants that classic Noob Saibot head, but we can't get it until because <laughs> we can't find it. <laughs> Oh, life is a journey. It is a treasure hunt. Um, that's a that's an ongoing uh, theme in pretty much every game that we play and every game that I'm in. 
So um, uh, good luck, everybody. Yes, because <laughs> um, you know, because I, I mean, I grew up with classic Noob Saibot, so where he was just like a black mm-hmm. silhouette, and I kind of want him to make ma- uh, make him look like that. And I like the classic mm-hmm. head, and I'm like, I want the classic head. It looks really cool. <laughs> and you're waiting for it. I'll tell I'll tell Dom next time I talk to him. <laughs> I'll be like, look, I was on the phone. <laughs> Our podcast says we need this to be easier or uh, to get to. Because I missed well, that. Uh, because I missed out on the classic Jack's arms because it was like a limited time thing, and I'm like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> Isn't that funny? It, I mean, it, it does really bring you back to childhood. Um, you know, where you're, you know, going through uh, baseball cards or trading cards and trying to find the right one. And um, there is this kind of, uh, I mean, super old school Cracker Jack, like where's the prize kind of thing. Every time you log in or when the seasons get, um, the DLC comes or new seasons in Apex, you're like, what's gonna be here? Um, I like opening that, opening new stuff. I mean, especially like, you know, because you kind of need to add replayability to these games and for me the yeah. replayability is like finding new gear and leveling it up mm-hmm. and, and doing all that stuff and, and then wondering what am I doing with my life <laughs> <laughs> well it's very addictive um, you know my husband um, was completely floored when he found out I was going to be in Mortal Kombat like that's his jam absolutely um, but uh, it's interesting even with Apex Legends he was very sweet he's like look I'll play it it just came out today you know um, just to support you and he's like it's pretty cool but it was so fast moving he's not really a battle royale he's more of a fighting games person or strong long narratives and um, interesting enough I went away for like a, a ladies retreat weekend so we turned off our phones and I came back and he was like babe you've got you know in amazing skills and abilities and uh, and I was like thank you and he's like I mean lifeline so he'd been pinging with his sister and brother-in-law in New Zealand and they'd been playing all weekend and and you know once he kind of got the hang of it and now every season when he's uh, you know upgrading and leveling up um, it's addictive. It's hard to it's hard to let go of that universe once you you step into it and become familiar with it. I mean, because cause it happened to me before, like with In- Injustice Two, like you know, because I spent mm. a lot of time with that game. And how do you not? Ah. <laughs> I mean, getting all the gear for that, and I still I I am still disappointed I did not get the Scarecrow skull mask thing I really wanted. I'm like ah. <laughs> <laughs> But look at this. I mean, we're grown. I don't know if you're grown, actually, Abdullah. You could be 12 with a really deep voice. <laughs> um, I didn't ask. Like, I didn't card you before this interview. No, but I mean, look at how we can as as, as grown-ups or adulting so hard. But then there's this really childlike wonder and, and expectation. And um, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I know some people are like, you know, get off the, the TV. But, like, you know, especially here in the States, it's work, 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 you know. And um, I think it's it's important, you know. It's brought like even family together where we're playing, we're pinging, you know, London and New Zealand and and here in Los Angeles, all playing at the same time together. When have I ever gotten our family to stay for hours at a time and hang out from all over the world without you know taking a plane flight? Yeah, I mean, especially like you know, I was talking to my cousin a, a month ago and he's like, okay, what what have you been playing? And I'm like, oh, I've been playing a lot of Mortal Kombat. He's like, oh, Mortal Kombat, I, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just have a respect for for the medium, and 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 I think 
I come from a family, you know, on my mom's side, especially of like scientists and lawyers and doctors and, you know, uh, being a voice actor, you sort of wonder, cause I love it, but there was a time where I wondered well, how important is it? Like, is it just a selfish, you know, pursuit because I love it so much. Um, but it's been a beautiful thing in the last couple of years to see the power of being a part of a team um, to create something like Mortal Kombat and and be able to to see the effect it has on on people around the world and different cultures and and how it's connected family and you know it's a great way to unwind and there's been this sense of purpose <laughs> so I'm like okay good it's not just super fun for me <laughs> it is helpful for other people because it's addictive on my end too like how do you not want to do more of this work I mean you know. I mean, not to get, you know, too personal or too mushy, but, you know, I mean, I'm someone who, you know, hasn't had the best life. And I, I mean, I, you know, last year was a really tough year for me. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I cannot tell you how many times, you know, I, you know, you know, I, I come home from, a, a, you know, a terrible day at work. And then, you know, I just watch, you know, something on TV, of a, you know, a show I like. And I listen to voice, you know, a certain voice actor. And I'm like, wow, that person's pretty cool. And that made me laugh. And that made my day. And, you know... Yeah. I think it's important. It's not too mushy. You know, I, I sometimes get teary eyed when I think about it because again, you know, our parents do the best they can, but I did not have the best childhood, um, to be, to be clear. And, you know, when I lost my job like 12 years ago, it's like I had 67 cents in my bank account was trying, you know, to figure out how not to be homeless. And, um, I remember, you know, the jobs that I had in voiceover and, you know, I was doing anything. I was parking cars for the valet of the dolls because I could paddle shift a Ferrari and, um, you know, delivering food and, and, and I worked for Malibu maid service for a minute, like whatever I could do, like to, to stay out of debt. And then I'd have these jobs at first. It was just maybe once a month. And I'd get to go to this magic world and voice a character. And, um, you know, when you're really broke and you're, you're doing the ramen thing and, and you go into voiceover and they have craft service. They want your voice to be really comfortable. So there's tea and coffee and snacks and you're like, what? Free bananas and Fritos. So it was kind of a, a magical respite, you know, like a, a, a to get away from what I, what my life was for a minute. And I think I was so grateful for it. It didn't occur to me that that would become my life. And, you know, if there's anything I can say to people that are going through a difficult time, sometimes you have to take it one breath at a time. Um, but it does get better. And, um, you know, there are healthy ways to, to escape or laugh or connect. And I think definitely, you know, film and television entertainment and animation and gaming, are one of those things that can do it. It did it for me on the other side, but I'm I'm really moved when I, I realized that it wasn't just to pull me out of a dark, you know, dark place or a difficult place. And then it can do the same for other people. That's that's why I get really annoyed when people say voice actors aren't real actors. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, you know, I think there may have been a time where there was a division, but, you know, what they do for gaming, it's hundreds of hours of story and it's a, it's, it's really, you know, you spend 130 hours. You can't tell me that in Red Dead Redemption and, you know, all of this, this world they're creating, um, you know, in even Mortal and Apex and Red Dead and The Last of Us and, um, just, uh, there's other titles I'm super excited. I'm like, oh, am I allowed to talk about those since I'm not in them? 
<laughs> but um, just holy cow, the beauty of storytelling. I feel like I used to love to read books and I still read, but I think when I get to emerge myself, you know, in a hundred hours of of a world where we're discovering, you know, like I've been doing subnautica at the house. It's like you're creating and building and discovering and surviving. And I think it reminds you on a subconscious level how, uh, how possible it is. I mean, especially with me, cause I really don't usually get emotional when it comes to media, but let me tell you when, when, mm-hmm. when I, when I played the first Red Dead Redemption and that ending came, I was, mm-hmm. I was, it broke me. It broke me. <laughs> Well, I mean, and no shame in that. Like, again, like, I mean, we all cry at movies or not all of them. But once you've spent hundreds of hours in a world, it's like you the weight of that story reminds me more of how it felt with books. Remember when you would read a book yeah. and it would take you like a month, you know, because you just read it here and there when you could in between work. And and um, not that I want people to, re- you know, replace literature with gaming, but at that level of storytelling and, and immersion, that's where we're at. You know, we get connected with a narrative and, and you start to understand, you know, the depth of, of, of an outcome. Yeah, and then, you and know, that's so powerful. Yeah, yeah, and then the sequel recently, I played that and, and that ending, mm-hmm. again, that ending right? was pretty pretty horrific and terrible, and I don't know why Rockstar does this to me, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, Rockstar is particularly good at keeping it real. <laughs> it's magical, but then they're like, and it's life. Um, are there some games that you're, like, totally looking forward to coming out? Um, you know, what are you looking forward to that's coming out in 2020? Uh, I don't know. Because there's a lot of games, but uh, are you uh, this Hideo Kojima like um, Death Stranding? Oh, oh God, no, God, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> One of the characters is named Die Hardman, for God's sakes. That that, that alone tells me all You're I like, need I'm to know. You're like, I'm done. <laughs> well, tell me what I should be looking out for. Like, I mean, because I, I, love... I haven't been keeping up with it. Because like with me, like yeah. once I get involved in like Mortal oh, Kombat, yeah. I've just been playing Mortal Kombat. Combat. I have not been paying attention to anything else because it's like, come on, man, it's Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it is. I'm just not great at Mortal Kombat. I'm like, here we are, like full disclosure. I love it, but it's like uh, my job in Mortal Kombat is sit is to sit next to Dan and you know let him play. And I love narrative games and and you know puzzle and creation games and where you're building stuff. Um, but I'm always looking for the next thing, like, oh, my gosh, did I know about? So what were your recommendations? You're like, more Mortal Kombat. <laughs> well, I promise to make sure that every time I go in the studio, <laughs> I'll tell Dom. I was like, we have to make this really interesting. Abdullah is, is really counting on us. <laughs> No, everyone uh, else, you you get to benefit, but really the clear like this. If there's one thing this interview is telling me, this is really for our fans in Kuwait and Abdullah. We're gonna make his life, and the rest of you can enjoy what happens. No, I, I right mean, now. <laughs> no, no, I mean, um, I mean, because I I haven't been really keeping up with it, with all the news stuff because it's like there's there's so much stuff and right. Yeah, I mean, it's no, not, I'm it's not hard. mad. Please keep playing I'm, Mortal Kombat. I mean, because I'm not cause mad at all. Because it's hard for me. Because it's like I mean, I've tried you know playing a couple indie games recently and they weren't very good. But I'm like, you know what, you know, I'm not gonna talk shit because. A lot of people worked hard on these games, and I didn't find enjoyment in them, but maybe someone else did. So, you know, good on you. But Well, you know. I think it's just like music. You find the stuff that you love. It doesn't mean it's bad. It just doesn't move you. Yeah. And, you know, Mortal Kombat's your thing, and I'm, I'm not surprised. I mean, it's consistent, and, and I'm... 
I'm telling you, the work they put into the narrative and the script, and um, I've never had a game where it was like a film script. Not only did they give us the lines ahead of time so we could see the full story, which is very rare, um, it had film directions, and it was like you could see the world, and it was so specific that you know when they designed it, it looked like what we had imagined. We just didn't imagine how beautiful and how um, dimensional it would be. Okay, no, I mean now that we're talking about you know upcoming games, uh, Doom, Doom, that's that's the one I'm looking forward to. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. Because <laughs> that's coming out in like a couple months. So, and I just remember. Yeah, I'm that. trying to. <laughs> uh, when, when is it? Is that November? Uh, no, November, yeah. Okay. That's just around the corner. Uh, yeah, that, today was pretty amazing. I'm sure by the time this, this comes out, people won't know, but Nintendo Direct, like they had a big announcement today. This is the day. Uh, so there's several things that were uh, announced that, that affect me personally. I can't say which ones, but I was pretty excited. <laughs> so yeah, right. I, I think I know. I think I know the game you're going to be in, but I can't say because you know probably <laughs> NDA stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it'll be fun. Um, uh, I've got a good idea. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, um, we have been chatting and yeah. I'm so excited that people, if you guys are still listening, it's clearly like we've just had the best time just basically connecting and, and, and to bring it full circle. I think, um, that's the power of this industry that we're in right now and this time that we're in. Um, it's the connection. I think people were worried with computers and YouTube and, you know, whatever else was happening that we would be disconnected from, you know, from people from our communities. But with Twitch and Steam and Nintendo and, and, and being able with PlayStation, I'm, I'm a PS4 girl. I'm sure people serve Xbox, but just being able to connect so easily and quickly, not only through gameplay, but, you know, through interests, you know, whether it's a podcast interview, like on Skype or, um, you know, Skype didn't, it, it didn't 20 years ago, you and I would have had like a $500 phone call, <laughs> right? Oh, so thank you Skype and Viber and whatever, because it just wouldn't have happened. Um, so it's a beautiful thing to, you know, bring us together as if it's, you know, five minutes away. You could be down the street at Salt and Straw Ice Cream on Ventura. Um, she said, like, I'm not eating ice cream for six months, guys. <laughs> I'm in training. <laughs> but um, it sounds like you're not far away. And I think the point is with, you know, gaming and voiceover and, and this industry we're talking about is that it definitely makes us all feel a lot closer than we thought we were. And with that being said, thank you so much for taking the time out to do this. Oh, it was, it was my pleasure. It was my pleasure. Guys, have a great morning, afternoon, evening, whenever you're listening to this. Um, please follow me at the Melalee on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Abdullah, do you have, like, I guess they already know um, your socials? Uh, I'm DarksideStraxus on Twitter. And, um, and the, the you know, if you go to my Twitter, you'll find the, the website uh, for the podcast on there. On that, it's on the description. So, yeah. <laughs> well, you made a fan out of me. Um, I look forward to uh, listening to some of your new podcasts and, um, you know, maybe we'll, we'll DM each other. You know, nobody oh, else will know, but I'll tell you when <laughs> stuff is coming. Cause there's some good stuff coming. <laughs> no, I mean, actually, actually when I, um, interviewed, uh, Sarah Cravens, who does the voice of Frost, he actually followed me back mm -hmm. on Twitter when, when, uh, when, when that episode went up. So there you go. <laughs> 
Well, great, because I'm, I'm actually on Twitter right now. Can you spell um, for me your, your Twitter handle, <laughs> Darkside? Uh, S-T-A-R-X-X-Straxis. S-T-R. S-T. We're, like, recording. We're like, oh, it's a lot. Guys, I'm going to tell you to do it. I don't know if you're still recording, but I definitely want to follow you back and support you. And that's kind of what this is all about, too, is not only connecting with each other, but making sure that on the longest part of the darkest night, we find all the colors of the rainbow somehow corny as that sounds you can be the light to someone uh, in a conversation or a shout out um oh i see it straxus <laughs> thank yeah, you for spelling that <laughs> dark side straxus that's that's one word i got you <laughs> i have followed you and um you know definitely uh, whoever's listening and especially you um, remember that we're only a direct message away and uh, you are not alone um, if you ever have a hard time reach out say hello there's people around here that care thank you we're so all much. in this together thank you so much <laughs> bye-bye you're welcome bye <laughs>